The SportsZilla Show. The SportsZilla Show podcast is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Or find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ESPN Syracuse, at ESPN UR, and at ESPN SportsZilla. Hey, smart listener, just tell your smart speaker. Live and local, it's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, ESPN Radio, and twitch.tv slash QSports. Luckily, we've got a lot of fun guys lined up on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line today. Chris Carlson, Syracuse.com. Phil Lavanka will be joining us. He's a friend of the SportsZilla Show and the nemesis and arch enemy of one Spencer Davidson, who's with us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, we've also got Neil Adler lined up from inside the Loud House, the Loud House part of the fan-sided network. We've got Chris Stacy with a Yankees therapy session. Uh, speaking of fun, guys, there was one who's uh, smaller in stature than me that was using John Sterling audio to rip on the Yankees in that terrible implosion. Well, at the hands of Rawls Chapman the other day, just laughing away with our guy Jordan Capozzi in the studio. I don't know why that had to happen. Ah, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It could have been the middle finger emojis that I had tweeted. Hmm. Perhaps. What, what does this cryptic setup mean? We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Also, uh, after Chris Stacy and our Yankees therapy session, we'll talk some NBA with Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports out of Chicago. So I think I count them one, two, three, four, five phone guests on a Friday. So uh, it's the glue guy, Matt Page. I'm Rain. This is the Sports Illus Show. Yes, we're at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. Uh, we'll get back up in there in their comments. Oh, well, there's a bunch of stuff happening already. What's going on with all this? Looks like we got to respond momentarily, which we will. So, Glue Guy, how are you today, man? I'm doing good. Uh, got a little soaked on the way in today, but that's neither here nor there. You caught some rain? Boy, did I. Yeah, you were <laughs> I was funny. completely soaked. A sweatshirt was dripping when you walked in here. Hey, the Dome's back at full capacity. How about that? For sports, so when we get to football and we get to basketball, we've got to ask that question. We've got to talk about that. That is absolutely fantastic news, in my humble opinion. I don't know how you could possibly think that sucks in any way, shape, or form. Boy, if we waited long enough. You know, it's it sucked not having fans in there. Basketball wasn't the same. Football, even though... Listen, man, if I'm going to watch all those L's, I want to suffer with everybody else on the home games in the Dome. Oh, boy. Hey, at least there's air conditioning in there now, too. That That's very true. That's right. the most important thing, isn't it? So it's going to be a welcome treat to go, oh, wait, it's comfortable in here now. That's going to be the first thing that I notice. I don't know if we're going to see any wins. Maybe a few. Fingers crossed. And well, we'll you got to be negative. Come we'll on. hope so. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. I'm not okay. negative. I'm All hopeful. Right. Just the way you phrased it. I'm wishing for it. You know what's fun? Joe Kelly. Uh, I thought you were going to say us. Do you know Joe Kelly? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I'm, I'll play dumb for now. Um, Joe Kelly is on the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's at one point, if you recall, on the Boston Red Sox. So he's definitely upgraded his life by moving on to a far better team. I'm not talking about win-loss records. It's who the hell wants to be on the Red Sox. But Joe Kelly went to the White House with the Dodgers today. They're, they're doing that thing, right? You win a championship and you get invited by the President of the United States to the White House. An amazing honor. What a fun thing. We've seen those years and years and years, right? Well, Joe Kelly the other day exchanged his jersey for a mariachi jacket. And we talked about it right here on these airwaves. Yeah, we do. just talking about that. I think it was yesterday or the day before. So there's a mariachi band playing. And he's talking to him beforehand. He goes, you know what? I'm going to be in the 
in the bullpen. Come meet me down there. So didn't the mariachi guy show up and they exchanged? He gave him the jersey and then he got the mariachi jacket. And didn't he wear it to the White House? That's absolutely baller. I'd love to see it. There are pictures right there online, social media. Go enjoy it. It's very funny. Uh, I think that's the, the greatest thing that I've seen or heard all day today. I don't know about you ridiculous isn't it i just love it um he's definitely an interesting guy that's for sure oh we got to talk about name image likeness today which we will with chris carlson and with neil adler i can't wait to discuss that because um i'm just i'm just saying i gotta get me some buddy buckets gear anybody else like we're gonna see a lot of buddy buckets gear Uh, i think you're gonna see a lot of gear not just buddy buckets the bayheims are cashing in so there's a lot to break down with all of this but listen, we're five minutes in. Let's get started. It's ESPN Radio and the Sports Hill Show. Our first segment's called Does It Matter? The glue guy will ask me some questions. Does it matter? It's the Sports Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Does it matter? Does it matter that our first Twitch poll of the day is winner of the night, Brooke Lopez, the Red Sox, Tim Tucker, or anyone but Luis Excuse me? Wait, wait, wait. Anyone but Luis Guillorme? Sure. Did you need my help on that? Yeah, a little bit. I got to ask, who's Luis Guillorme? Should I know that? Uh, I guess we should. Hmm. Well, I, I can't vote for the Red Sox for obvious reasons. No. No. Oh, somebody gave him a vote right there. So I got to vote for Brooke Lopez, right? Brooke Lopez. I'm going to go with anyone but Luis Guillorme because I don't actually know who that is. Now I'm going to have to Google during our first commercial break. What's your first official question of the day, my man? Does it matter that Orange Nation is the, uh, quote, funnest show on Twitch? So this is what Paulie said. I didn't hear the initial comments. And then I walk in the studio to get ready to go on the air, and I heard the very tail end, I guess, of the second, you guys aren't fun jab. What are you talking about? Why are you throwing axe under the bus? The dude's not in the building today. He goes to Fenway Park yesterday. There's no on the block later on, and suddenly you're just going to sit there and call him not fun? That's not cool, Paulie. I don't understand why you're attacking our radio brother, the one and only. I a, mean, he, a guy who's not even in the building. The dude is, Brent Axe has been on the air talking sports forever. He's the man in sports talk radio in central New York. Come on, Paulie, you know better than that. Why are you attacking that guy? Just calling him not fun. Be better. Be better. And I mean, if you got to sit there and tell everybody how great you are. Are you really that great? Are you really that great? Because generally, if you're great at something, people are going to tell you, you don't got to walk around toot, 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 toot in your own horn. I mean, what's the cause of that? But I just, um, for me, I just find it to be terrible that you have got to besmirch the one and only Brent bleeping axe. Honestly, I think he's fun. I enjoy the breaks on Twitch, Q Sports Talk, Polly. Twice today, Polly. What's the deal with that? You attacked my Yankees yesterday. You're going after our radio brother Brent Axe now and saying he's not fun. Shame on you. I mean, that's that's what I took from it. All I know is it to me it sounded like he was attacking Brent Axe. I might be wrong. Am I wrong? No, yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all. You heard the same thing. I did. All I right. did. What's your next question? This is called Does It Matter on ESPN Radio and the Sportzilla Show, uh, which is clearly not as fun as Orange Nation. What's your ad- adjective to explain Polly? Polly? Aside from a uh, Yankee hater? Oh, I think he's a Fibber McGee. What the hell is that? He's a liar. 
Oh. I have five kids, five raindrops. When you watch a lot of cartoons with the kids... You, you pick under, up some uh, vernacular? You understand, yeah. He's a favorite McGee. I think he's making stuff up. I think he's, I think he's telling lies. Is he Pinocchio now? Yes. He might be Pinocchio. Wow. A Yankee hater to boot. Unbelievable. Your Padres are good with this year. I'll give you that. You enjoy that because they've sucked for a really long time, and I'll just keep counting championship rings. Oh, wait. Why am I, take, why am I wasting my time oh, taking man. jabs back at him? Good question. All right. Anyways, uh, leave Axe alone, Paulie. Just stop it, man. Next question. Kofi Coburn's entered the transfer portal. Does that matter? Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, who was it? Del, Nick Delahanty on yesterday, and he's he's a North Carolina guy. And he's like, ooh, we should look at him. And I was like, well, Syracuse should look yes. at him too. I mean, you got to at least kick the tires and consider that. You're talking about legit seven feet here. And yeah, we expect a lot out of Jesse Edwards. Maybe Frank Anselm gets a little bit better this year and he gets an opportunity to get on the court. Uh, we've got Barama Sidibe returning, but we had an issue against teams like Pitt and North Carolina or anybody that had size and strength in the middle that could rebound a glaring weakness on the Syracuse Orange basketball team. So you got to at least say, hey, make a phone call or two, figure it out, see if it's an option. I'm sure that Jim can find a way to work him in if it's possible. So, yeah, that's very interesting to me. That definitely matters. Next question. Does it matter that Syracuse football added sixth commitment from the 2022 class with that being three-star linebacker Makai Mason. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, they've, they've now built that class up to six already. So it's Jeremiah Wilson, already verbally committed. He's a cornerback. LaQuinn Allen, who's a running back. Uh, Belazare Bissett, Malachi Davis, both defensive linemen. And then we got a quarterback, uh, Cornell Perry. So you're starting to build the team. And, you know, I just think you got to get a lot of bodies in here. you got to see what works out. Um I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, when you win one game, listen, and it's no disrespect to anybody on the roster right now, but it's got to get better everywhere. It just has to get better everywhere. You can't pinpoint. I mean, the secondary is about the one thing that you can go, okay, that was acceptable. Well, we had a lot of guys who leave. But then we had a lot of guys leave. So we've got to restock. And uh, it's not even a rebuild. (laughs) It's a, oh boy, I hope somebody's good enough and we can hang in the ACC and do we win more than three or four games this year? I hate that that is the conversation that we have to have, but unfortunately, it really is. Next question on Does It Matter on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio Friday, non-fun edition. <laughs> Does it matter that the that, excuse me that the Bucks are up three to two? Um, you know, was it especially was, without Giannis? Was it hard for you to determine? Who would win last night without Trey Young on one side and without Giannis Antetokounmpo on the other? Yeah, I was really going into that matchup going, okay, is it going to be like a like an incredibly low-scoring game since there's not, quote, superstars on either team? Did you watch the game and, and as you're watching Milwaukee say to yourself, because I did, they're playing better team basketball without Giannis. Without Giannis. Yeah. I thought so too. Yep. I mean, you're loving on a Brooke Lopez it kind of reminded you of back when he was on the Nets before they were the Brooklyn Nets. That's correct. So what did you see out of him? What did he bring back in his game? I saw game? life for the first time in a long time from him. I was like, wow, that's the Brook Lopez. I remember being a monster in the Eastern Conference year in and year out. Yeah, no, it absolutely is 100% true. He was energized. You could feel that after the game. He was the post-game, uh, the post-game yes. interview. Yep. You don't usually see him standing there. Usually, who is it? Giannis. Chris Middleton, maybe. Uh, PJ Tucker. Yeah. And you know who else had a pretty good game? 
Drew Holiday. Yes, he did. Um, I was. Hey, he actually showed up. I was questioning that. I said that on the air a couple of days ago. I'm, where has he been based on that huge contract after the trade that he signed to stay there? They showed up finally. And he was also in the postgame. And he took 100% uh, responsibility for, I guess, not being as aggressive as he was yesterday. It made a huge difference. So... You know what? Milwaukee wants to win an NBA title. You got to win one more game to move on to the finals, and you're going to need that out of Drew Holiday. Uh, but we'll move on. So people were asking during the week: Is Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton, the Batman of that team? And I don't know if you really proved that yesterday without Giannis. No, I don't think so. I, I, don't. I think it's a foolish narrative to begin with. It, it is a foolish narrative. You're absolutely right. Listen, the world in Milwaukee revolves around Giannis, and that's just a fact. The buck stops there. They're going to run that offense through him. And everybody else gets theirs after Giannis gets his. You got another question for me? Does it matter that the Washington football team was fined $10 million yesterday? Yeah, it's pocket change. It, it changes nothing. And by the way, it'll be donated to charity. It's billionaires protecting other billionaires. In my humble opinion, I think the other owners and, and the league in general, they kind of did him a favor. And the agreement was, hey, we're going to let my wife kind of be the face of the Washington football team. Now, $10 million is nothing. They, they, they weren't penalized in any other way. They're writing a check. It's going to charity. And, and really, are there consequences for the Washington football team beyond that? No. I don't think that there are. Uh, but you want to talk about it for 15 years or however long he's been the owner of that team. There's been a toxic culture within that organization. Of course, his wife, Tanya, was like, oh, I cannot believe the Washington football team has been run this way. Where have you been the entire time? Correct. You didn't realize any of that was going on? Well, I guess they get a chance to turn things around and clean up that mess, and they're allowing them to move on. Whether you think it's right or wrong, that's exactly what's happening next. Does it matter that the Cowboys will be HBO's Hard Knocks team this uh, preseason? No, I'm not going to watch it. Why? Because it's the Cowboys. Also, I don't have HBO. Ah, that would make sense. Uh, America's team. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of interest in that. It does matter to a lot of people. I have no interest in that whatsoever. I would watch that and just hate on the whole thing. I know you would. That's where I would be negative. I'd be sitting in my house going, oh, God. I'd watch it if it was the Giants. Also, I'd have to get HBO. As I said, I don't have HBO. I don't know that I want to get HBO. Should I get HBO? Yes, I think you should. Do you have HBO? I do. You do have HBO? I do. Are yeah. you going to watch that? Yes. You're interested in that. I, I always watch Hard Knocks. I, I love the show. Yeah, but you have to watch it. It's all about the Cowboys. Yeah, I know. I know. Are you rooting for them at all oh hell no of you, course not you're gonna hate on him yeah probably That's, i just want to see how Dak's looking i hope he's like walking okay i think he's gonna be all right anything else in our doesn't matter segment before we take our first break and get our first phone guest on does it matter that brianna stewart is a three is a three-time WNBA all-star selection yeah but it's not surprising in the no. slightest i'm like oh okay water's wet yeah, of course she is it's a no-brainer you knew it was going to happen who's got a better resume than her and she's like 26. Correct. She's done everything multiple times. She's amazing. I do have one last one for you. I have, I have a crush on Brianna Stewart's athletic ability. It's just a fact. She's um, amazing. She's fantastic. Uh, Brianna Stewart, nothing but love for you, girl. What's up? Does it matter that Michael Carter Williams posted a photo of himself looking pretty jacked and ripped, by the way, and then he got drug tested like ASAP? Yeah, he said that uh, it was basically the picture that made him look like he was ripped I think the word they used was swole. Okay. Like swollen. Yeah, no, I, I got it. It's so, it, he probably has done a little bit of work in the weight room, and that's okay, but I thought that was pretty funny, and they immediately <laughs> pulled him in for a drug test. Michael Cotter-Williams, man, I feel for you, my man. 
That's just terrible. Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com going to talk to us next. Hey, I don't know if you heard about the Director's Cup. If you don't know what that is, we'll explain. Got to talk about Chris Bunch. Got to talk about name, image, likeness, full capacity dome. Oh, and there's more. All next on ESPN Radio. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Well, I just want CBW from our Twitch chat to know he can assume Rain likes him for sure. I also really just became fond of Agent Orange because he called the rule of saying Kadari Richmond gets you a 10 minute ban from the Twitch chat. Uh, he called Polly dumb because it's Polly's rule. <laughs> hey, Polly, is it better to be dumb or fun? I'm not quite sure, uh, but we'll figure that out. We welcome Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com into the Sports Illustrated Show here on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. So uh, I'm. Scrolling around on the website in your place of business, and it looks like Syracuse finished 64th on the Director's Cup in 2020-2021. It's the worst performance since 2008. And if I look, that was published by you 40 minutes ago. So tell us a little bit more. Yeah, you know, the, the Director's Cup are, are is sort of this ginned-up way for schools to, to judge, you know, all-around athletic programs. Um, you get points based on NCAA tournament finishes. You know, if you win the whole thing, you get a hundred. Um, uh, if you go to the, the championship game and lose, you get 90 points, which the Syracuse women's lacrosse team did. Um, you know, and it, and it used to be something that Syracuse took a lot of pride in. Um, when Daryl Gross was athletic director, he used it a lot to, to kind of claim that, that the athletic department was really successful, especially when, you know, a lot of us were focused on how poor the football team was. Um, and a lot of fans locally hate the, hate the Director's Cup um, because they felt like the emphasis was on kind of those small sports rather than fixing football um, during that period of time. Um, but it is something that universities come out and promote every year in the summer. When Syracuse does well, they put out a press release. Um, the ACC put out a press release saying how its schools did and, you know, Syracuse has gotten worse four consecutive years now um, in the Directors' Cup. Um, you know, their non-revenue teams are, are not putting together the high-level results that, that they had, you know, five, six years ago. Um, you know, and, and football's still bad. Um, you know, all that said, this was a really weird year, right, with, with COVID and, and New York's restrictions were probably harder than any than most states you know that put a lot of stress on the athletes so so you do have to sort of take all of that into context but you know if you care about some of the smaller programs at Syracuse they're they're trending the wrong way wait a minute the football team was bad last year I'm shocked by that <laughs> yeah not, are they yeah, the, not good <laughs> Chris, Chris were they the weakest link I mean are they bringing the score score down and anyways uh, let's move on you know you're talking about wild hack here's some good news that we got to put out there uh, the dome full capacity. So we're going to see football, we're going to see basketball, and we're going to see a lot of people. Finally, thankfully, oh my goodness gracious! Yes, there'll be some some health regulations involved due to COVID and the pandemic and everything else like that. But for the most part, packed house in the loud house. Great news. Yeah, you know, it, it certainly seemed like it was trending this way for a while, um, especially with with how successful vaccinations have been at, at kind of limiting. Um, the spread of the coronavirus, um, you know, the, so, you know, as expected, I, I think it's still a sigh of relief that, that we're going to hopefully have a normal carrier dome experience in the fall and winter next year. Um, you know, the 
Syracuse did say they didn't, they didn't necessarily say how they were going to enforce it. Um, but, you know, you are going to ha- need to either be vaccinated or have evidence of kind of a recent COVID test negative um, to get in. Um, you know, people that aren't vaccinated are, are, are still going to be required to wear masks. Um, so, you know, get vaccinated and your life is going to be easier. Um, but, you know, everybody can go back to the Dome next year. It'll be a huge, you know, part of the Central New York experience that we'll have back. And Chris, we wanted to ask you about the name image likeness rule being implemented for all NCAA student athletes moving forward. And especially with Buddy Buckets gear being uh, able to be sold almost immediately. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, you know, the, it corrects kind of the most glaring thing to me that, that athletes weren't able to to capitalize on because, you know, Kenny Drugs has been selling this, like, buckets t- T-shirt for months. And it's orange, and there's, like, a Nike-ish swoosh on it, and it's very, very clear whose name is like this they are trying to profit off of. Uh, meanwhile, Buddy Buddy Bayheim couldn't make a cent from, from that, uh, you know, T-shirt up until, you know, July 1st, up until yesterday. Um, you know, and, and you've seen a number of Syracuse players that, that have already found kind of small ways to capitalize. Um, Buddy and Joe and, and uh, I believe Joe Girard um, said they're on Cameo now where, you know, you can pay somebody 50 bucks and then they'll 60. leave a happy birthday message for your best friend. 60. Um, you know, just 60 is a 60. Well, Buddy and Jimmy. Buddy and Jimmy. Buddy. Buddy and Jimmy are charging sixty. Jim is charging two hundred. We uh, 200. saw those dollar amounts a little bit earlier, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I've seen it as low as twenty, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, that, that's maybe what I would charge, or, or I charge two. Um, you know, um, but you know, you, you've seen an array of mostly smaller deals and, and kind of players getting creative about how they can capitalize on the fact that they're they're little local celebrities. Um, you know, and, and as somebody who, who thinks, you know, college athletes should have had more financial rights for a long time and probably still need more financial rights, it's a very big step in the right direction. If you want to go on Cameo, Eric Dungy charges 30 bucks. Donovan, Donovan McNabb charges $349. I'm not a little quite outside sure. of my price range. I'm not sure we didn't round that up to $350. What's the difference at this point? Uh, Tiana Mangakaya, $30, bucks, for example. Dwight Freeney charges $193. Yikes. I wonder what determines the scores on that. I wonder if it's the Q score. Oh, wait a minute. I said the magic letter, didn't I? Uh, we've got to ask about Coach Q, the situation with the SU women's basketball team. We've been hearing about this. I know you're aware of the athletic report that's come out. It's been a Huge topic of conversation all week. We wanted to get your perspective with Enoch being part of this um, and the sexual assault allegation in the vetting process. Something called Google could have uh, basically eliminated him from consideration. I think that was a terrible hire. Uh, Coach Q, and I've said this all week, has put Syracuse in a horrible position as far as recruiting is concerned. It's not like this dude can get on the phone right now and go, hey, it's Quentin Hillsman from Syracuse, and I wanted to talk to you uh, about your your daughter playing basketball here. Uh, no parents are going to allow that. I don't know any athletes that want to consider this right now. It's it's a pending investigation. Even, and if, night- even if the allegations are false, the damage has already been done to him and his character. It's it, I mean, moving forward, it, it, you're just in a horrible position with this. And, and I mean, I don't know, spin it around, and, and what do you think? Yeah, um, you know, certainly... It, it feels like it will be 
hard to recruit. Um, At the same time, uh, you know, and I know that uh, our women's basketball reporter is working on trying to contact the recruits. Uh, I haven't heard of anybody decommitting yet, right? Um, But still, like you guys said, it it would be tough to sell me as a parent uh, on Syracuse being a place that I would want to send my daughter um, with all this stuff kind of overhead. So it feels like you probably have two options, right? You need to do this investigation and come to some agreement to move on quickly, or you have to like really come out and like defend the guy, which is, which would require sort of like saying, we don't believe all these former players and this is why. And just that creates a really ugly situation um, but yeah, you know, the, the job certainly of recruiting to Syracuse women's basketball right now, um, strikes me as, as an extremely, extremely difficult one. Um, and, and, you know, like in all situations, right, you, you have players that are sharing, um, experiences that made them very uncomfortable. Um, and then you have a number of players who, who are, you know, speaking out for Quentin Hillsman and, and defending him, um, and, uh, you know, a lot of it just speaks to us as humans, right? Like what makes one person comfortable might make somebody else uncomfortable. Um, and, and we're becoming much more aware of that. And, and, you know, especially those in power, you know, need to focus really intently on making sure that they don't veer into ever making anybody uncomfortable. And it, you know, it certainly doesn't seem like that's happened. Uh, with the Syracuse women's basketball program. Chris, we only got a couple minutes left with you here, but we wanted to ask you about Chase Scanlon and him transferring from the men's lacrosse team. Yeah, another, you know, another situation where a clean break uh, certainly seems like, you know, the best route for everybody involved. It's got to be a good Um, riddance thing, Chris. It just has to be at this point. Yeah, I mean, there was just no way that he could come back. And like, where is he going? That's the other question, too. Well, and the answer might be nowhere, yeah. right? Uh, you know, uh, there's a good chance that answer is nowhere. Um, but he can't play. But he knows he can't play at Syracuse because his teammates won't play with him. Um, and they've said as and they said as much late last season. So that's just an untenable situation. He has to try to go somewhere else. Um, like you, you know, unless he gets cleared somehow through the criminal, not somehow, unless he gets cleared through the criminal investigation, it seems hard to imagine that, that some school takes a chance on him, but, but he knows that nobody's going to take a chance on him here. You know? So, so uh, I think that's probably the, the natural end result of that relationship. Last thing I want to ask you today, just real quick, Chris, are we fun enough for you? <laughs> yeah. What a way to start July 4th, huh? Like, like this, this is, this is, this this is this is worse than the week that sparked the cartoon conversation. We go, um, so you guys are gonna have to come up with you guys are gonna have to come up with something fun, more fun than cartoons next time. I'm telling you, you know, we come we come at you with these tough interviews and tough topics, and then it's like the next time we invite you on, we've got to lighten the mood a little bit. He's not gonna agree to come on with us anymore. What are we gonna do then, Matt? <laughs> so, Chris, next time we talk to you, we'll have to ask July Fourth spread. What's something that you put out for food? We'll ask you next time. Um, does anybody in the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk have a really lighthearted question that we could leave Chris Carlson with to get into his July 4th weekend? I mean, the dude's going to watch fireworks in two days, and we did this to him. Uh, we'll wait. 
Uh, we'll ask the question on the air, and we just wanted to say thanks, Chris. You're always a good sport. We appreciate the time and uh, you take, taking the time to tackle these subjects with us. It's important stuff, so thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we love having you on. That's Chris Carlson. He is absolutely one of the best in the business. ESPN Radio and the Sports Illustrated Show. Phil Levanko is next, friend of the show, nemesis and arch, nem- arch enemy excuse me, of Spencer Davidson. Okay, so he's going to have to rip on me for not knowing who closed out the game for the Mets last night. I'm sorry I don't know your roster. It's going to be Mets. It's going to be Bobby Bonilla. It's going to be some soccer, believe it or not. And that's all next. Hang on. The Sportzilla Show. Hello, son. I'm looking for Henry Ruhlenfurter. Raven Boozer. Hey, better, better, better. Hey, better. Rosenberger. Swing, better. Warm up. You're going in. Garden Hoser. Ruhlenfurter. I never doubted him for a minute. Hey, way to go, Runnermucker. Bringing Central New York sports fans together. Ron Gardner, you're going in. What do you call me? It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk and ESPN Radio. Radio. I'd like to apologize to Matt Page, the glue guy, for yelling prior to him shutting the mics off before we went into commercial break on the radio, on ESPN Radio. I don't uh, accept your apology. I'm very sorry about that. Continuing a great conversation on Twitch at Q Sports Talk. I love Dave and Clay dropping the Hank Hill quotes. I love that. Also, propane and propane accessories. My Hank. I tell you what. I gotta watch that. I, I gotta perfect my Hank Hill. I used to have it pretty good, um, but yeah. I mean, do you want to taste the heat or you want to taste the meat? Right. That's the question. Uh, yeah, we've gotta get a lighthearted interview for Chris Carlson from Syracuse.com next time he's on. So the Twitch poll is. What should Rain and Matt ask Chris about next time? Chicken wings, 80s movies, types of trees, theories of evolution, or Marek's favorite pizzas. I really think that he could have cashed in on the name image likeness. Everybody was saying that in the Twitch chat, and I agree. Marek, even when he busted the tooth, I mean, he really could have hooked up a great endorsement deal with pizza. But I went with theories of evolution. You know what, Chris? You're screwed next time you come up with us. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make you think yet again. Now time, though, to open up the phone lines again, the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line here on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio with friend of the show and nemesis and arch enemy of Spencer Davidson, who will respond when he's back in with us on Tuesday. But that's Phil Lavanco, who is in Pittsburgh right now. And I just thought we'd get you started right there. You usually like to come in and rip on Spencer a little bit and talk a little trash. So we thought we'd let you. Yes, of course. Always. This is I mean, this is my niche, right? I thought I was the soccer guy, but I'm really just the guy who pissed on Spencer on the show. What is his billing today? Senior consultant. (laughs) Well, I got a new job. I got a new job, my friend. Oh, wait, what are you doing? I I do videos. I do content. I'm a meme maker. You know what I am. Oh, somebody read your Twitter. You just, I would have to read your Twitter Twitter bio, which I don't think I've done in a while, actually. That's my bad. Oh, my Twitter my my Twitter bio is great. It was it was it most of it is authored by the old VP of communication for the Utica Comets. Um, it basically says that I am uh, slightly triggered and always enraged, something like that. That's awesome. Which is uh, pretty, pretty accurate stuff here. What? Yeah, what, do you want, what, what has Spencer been saying about me? Uh, nothing, actually. He's been nice. That's why we want to pick up the rivalry again. We were no, just... that seems like a terrible idea. Why would he do that? See, we were actually hoping to poke the bear a little bit with you so you could throw a few jabs or barbs at him and then we could bring that to his attention. We thought we'd stir now, the you pot. You know, listen, I don't, I don't want to. I mean, Spencer's a good guy. You know, he's, you know, he, we're we're both Jet fans. 
You know, I know that he probably has the Zach Wilson poster uh, behind his bedroom door, and he has the candle to Curtis Martin on the bedside. You know, I'm, not, I'm I don't. He's a great guy. I don't want to pick on him. You know, he probably sits there and, and and you know talks about if only ifs with Eric Mangini. You know, and and if only Chad Pennington's arm was a little bit stronger. Uh, you know, what could have been. You know, he, he probably. You know, I mean, he's a great guy. You know, he's he's a super nice guy. I'm sure uh, his nightgown, which of course he has a nightgown, has got like <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist on the back. You know, or maybe like Altoon. I don't know. He was vintage. I don't, he's a youngin. I don't know if he knows Altoon. You're you're good, um, man. You know, the, the nightgown just did it right there. Oh, that's enough material. Spencer will go off for ten minutes on Tuesday. <laughs> it's a onesie, right? It has to be. It's uh with the flap in the back. Yeah. So, so one- I don't know. I think it's more. I think it's more of. I think it's more of just a, 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 an elongated sort of gown, if you will. Okay. I'm not sure if he goes onesie. I'm not sure if he can button the back in the onesie. Well, that's yeah, something for well, him. We there have, you go. There's your shot. We officially got a kerfuffle ready to go with Phil Lavaco at the Sports <laughs> Show ESPN Radio. <laughs> Listen, let's talk some sports. Let's talk some Mets, actually. We'll flip from the Jets let's to the it. Mets. 20-2 to two the other day to the Braves, which I think was a way to distract from Bobby Bonilla Day. But then I find out your new owner, Steve Cohen, is embracing this. It's 1.1 mil every July 4th till he's like 72 years old. He's 58 now. And I'm over here going, do you just write the check and be done with this? Or do you embrace it? You can't write the check. You got to have this being a city field tradition moving forward. Yeah, do you do bobbleheads? Do you have them throughout the first pitch as the glue guy suggested over the last couple of days? I mean, as a diehard Mets fan and somebody from the city, let's be perfectly honest, what do you do with this? Do you like them being the topic of national conversation and the butt of everybody's jokes or what? Multi-tier answer, multi-tier answer, PR 101, right? You know this, right? You always lean into the joke. It's the easiest way Mm -hmm. for it to go away, right? So, yes, Bobby Bonilla Day, every July 1st, there should be a first pitch. There should be a cartoon-sized check that gets presented to Bobby Bonilla. They should show his highlights. Up on the screen, they should absolutely lean into this every July 1st. It's the fastest way to make it go away. However, I will say, without Bobby Benia Day, without writing off that contract, they don't pick up Carlos Beltran. They don't pick up Mike Hampton. They don't pick up Carlos Delgado. So while Bobby Benia Day now, you know, long-term pain, right? This is the opposite of the cliche, right? Long-term pain. For short-term gain. I mean, that Mets team doesn't make it to the World Series without those guys, and they don't get those guys without Bobby Benilla Day. So you 100% lean into it. Now, I will say this, though, and I don't know if you saw it. They're kind of doing this sort of Airbnb sponsorship with Bobby Benilla, rent a suite at City Field. Don't love that. It's a little unseemly for me. I think you just got to go into the humor with it. You just lean in to Bobby Benilla Day. Make it a big thing. Got to make it a big thing. Maybe just put his jersey number up for a day. Who knows? You know, you it's, know? it's distracted me from free agency for the NBA and the NHL and everything, which is normally what you get on July 1st. Obviously, we're still a little bit off kilter and off time due to the residuals of the Think pandemic. About how many teams don't have their own day? The national conversation on July 1st is about the Mets. That's true. It's Every true. single year. It totally how many is. Teams don't, how many teams don't have that? You know, whether the you know? Mets are good or bad, it's talked about. Well, July 1st is Mets Day. The, the national conversation is about the New York Metropolitan. Phil Lavanco is with us. It's the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. So Jacob DeGrom, who is clearly, without a doubt, unquestionably the best pitcher on planet Earth, actually gave up a two-run home run in his last start. 
and his ERA is now over one, which is just inconceivable because Jacob Grom doesn't do that. If he's not at about 0.49, the world falls off his axis. Can you believe it? Well, my, my I love about the, they're cartoon like the stats. What I love is that we're embracing at least around sort of now I'm in the Met bubble, right? So bear with me. But, like, we're embracing the historic around Jacob deGrom. Baseball is a sport that's sort of it's, – it's, it's, it's his greatest strength. And, I mean, as it, we're seeing recently, it's also its, its weakness, right? It's history. It's steeped in its history. So we can compare guys like Waddy Ford, Bob Gibson, Pedro Martinez, uh, Nolan Ryan. We can compare all of these guys to Jacob deGrom, and his stats are out of this world better than all of these guys. So at least in the moment – uh, we're embracing how good this season is, how good of a pitcher he is. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're staring at some pitching changes, right? Like we're staring at rule changes. I mean, we already have the sticky stuff that they couldn't have rolled out any worse. But, I mean, when Bob Gibson had his ERA, what, what was it, like 1.63 in the 60s, they lowered the mound, right? So what are they going to do for DeGrom and all these other pitchers? right, that have these astronomical numbers. I love the fact with DeGrom we can talk about in the moment. We're kind of embracing what he's doing and putting it up against the history and being like, nah, this has never happened before. And we don't usually do that when we're in the moment, you know. We kind of do it negatively, that you're like a prisoner of the moment. But I think for DeGrom, we're we're embracing it as if um, that this is truly spectacular and we're not doing – that the pitchers of your are the better pitchers, you know, which is a classic baseball thing, you know, that everyone in the past is better than everyone in the present. Now DeGrom is the best of them all. And last question for you here. It's a football question. Lionel Messi's massive contract expired earlier this week. It was $674 million over four years. Will we ever see that again in football or any sport? And can I just interject? Well, first off, Let me just who interject guy, this. Who guy, who guy? Nobody, nobody who knows what they're talking about calls him Lionel. Messi. Nobody. Messi. Leo. Leo Messi. Messi. Okay. One name star. Ronaldo. One name star. Will we see that contract? Absolutely. The contract to TV money in European soccer. Now COVID kind of uh, changed the calculus around a little bit. But these guys, now think about it, right? We all think of, uh, you know, when Manny Ramirez signed his contract with the Red Sox, how astronomical that was. Um, you know, the $30 million or however much Mookie Betts makes in baseball. Um, all the LeBron and how much money he makes. These are like, you know, stars in, in, in a region, in a North America. You know, Messi is a, is a global star. Yeah, he Cristiano is. Cristiano Ronaldo was a global star, like worldwide, you know. I mean, so, you know, Messi made, what, $100 million a year or something like that. Um, he's worth every single penny of it. Wait, I did the math. Ma- how much money? I did the math on this. I took out the calculator based on it. Is this right? $168.5 million a year for four years? Is what they paid him. He's the, he's the best player in the world. I mean, when you're the best player in the world, it's the best sport in the world. And and you, I mean, can you imagine what like his vacation is like? You know, he'd have to go to like Montana. <laughs> he can't go anywhere. <laughs> you literally everyone can't go in anywhere. the world knows who he is. Cristiano Ronaldo has like a hundred million followers on Instagram. He can't go anywhere. I mean, now he doesn't. You know, he wants to be seen. That's another conversation. But I mean, these are worldwide stars, right? I mean. Every single country in the world wants a TV deal for Barcelona, for Juventus, for Chelsea of the English Premier League. I mean, these guys are worth every penny because they are global, global stars. I got one for you, Rain. I know, I know, I know you're on a clock. I got one for you. Subway Series this weekend. Do you care? 
Does it matter anymore? Not like it used to. And that's funny because no. I, I actually had jotted a note about that. I wanted to ask you that as part of our Mets conversation. It's the same thing as the Yankees Red Sox. It is not as spicy as it used to be. Yeah, I think it matters more in the five boroughs than it does anywhere else. But even for me as a diehard Yankees fan, I, I'm not as amped for it as I usually am. And partially because the Yankees are are, Suck. are crap this year. They're just not that good. Uh, but don't worry, I'm going to have a Yankees therapy session with one of our phone guests in a few minutes. Listen, Phil, we got to stop and take a break there. We appreciate you more than you know, especially being down in Pennsylvania and still taking our call. And the fact what do you that, guys want from Pittsburgh? Uh, bring, we want some pierogies? Yeah. We want some permanti? You think permanti travels? I, I no pierogies. Pierogies, pierogies yes. for me all day. That's I love those. Can you get go somewhere that has homemade pierogies? I don't want anything where it was like frozen. I want the real deal because they're like three times the size. I'm gonna bring some pierogies and like oversized uh, t-shirts with the big P on it. Perfect. We'll talk to you soon, Phil. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy the fireworks on July 4th. ESPN Radio Sportszilla Show. Quick pause right back. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Can everyone listen up? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Oh, for Pete's sake, here we go again. All anybody really cares about it in our Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk. Um, get yourself a subscription. By the way, it's free if you have Amazon Prime. Join us there. It's another way to expand on everything that Orange Nation does, Brent Axe does on the block, and we do here on the Sports Illa Show. I don't really know what any of us do. What, what do we do? We talk about sports. That, that's about it, yeah. And try, try to be, uh, I'm going to try to be fun from now on. But it, really, the only thing anybody cares about is what Jordan Capozzi is going to do on his vacation, our boy J-Cap. I invited him to come down to Utica and let's, get some grub. Let's see. Um, he's going to play MLB The Show, watch WWE, and fight the urge to call into Orange Nation. <laughs> That's awesome. I think you should. I think you need to create a burner Twitch account and just troll Polly the entire time. And it should be uh, not Jordan Capozzi. Let me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Jordan Capozzi, new screen name. Look into that. As uh, We have to give you a quick You're Killing Me Smalls segment here before we're joined by Neil Adler. From inside the Loud House and, of course, the fan-sided network. In hour number two, we got Chris Stacy to have a Yankees therapy session. Jack Perrin to talk NBA with us. That's all going to be lined up in the Accelerate Sports Complex phone lines. Uh, but I'm going to say this real quick, okay? Trevor Bauer, who was just placed on a seven-day administrative leave by the Los Angeles Dodgers. I don't know if you have investigated or read the sexual assault allegations against him. But he clearly cannot pitch on Sunday. And... Is Coach Q officially on administrative leave right now pending this investigation with about 20 sources involved in the article with, on The Athletic about, um, let's just say, some very bad things happening with, within the Syracuse women's basketball program? Because he might also need to be as well. While you're investigating, just kind of put, put him in a timeout. Take the laptop, take the cell phone. Just, just go over there. You're in timeout. You're in the penalty box. You know, similar to what you do with your kids. You're a bad boy. Go in timeout. Just do that while you're clearing all this up. Don't you think that's the right thing to do? I do. Uh, I do. It, it is the right thing to do. I don't care what your answer was going to be. Glue guy, no disrespect to you, but he absolutely should not have, should not take the mound on Sunday. And I'm glad that they've done that. And uh, if you read these allegations, and there's receipts, there's text messages and pictures, you've got to investigate this fully. And Bauer's agent, Rachel Lupa, is going on the defensive, which 
you expect her to do, but I think they should just be quiet. Yeah, Rachel Luba has got to just zip her lip. Just stick a fork in it right now. Let the legal process do whatever it's got to do and take care of it. Be quiet. Sometimes with the kids, with my raindrops, as as a radio daddy, I say to them, just quit while you're ahead. Just, just stop talking. Right now, just stop talking. That'll be the best thing that you can do. And if this extends to beyond seven days for Trevor Bauer while they're investigating this and he misses a few starts for the Los Angeles Dodgers, nobody cares about baseball in a situation like this. Sometimes, as much as we love our sports, we have to love our life and humanity a little bit more. That's our You Killing Me small segment. I don't even need to play you the voice. Let's pause here real quick on ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show and come back and talk more about the world of Syracuse athletics with Neil Adler. The Sportsilla Show from 2 to 4. Against Bayheim in the lane. Oh, what block. Block. Again by Griffin. What a block by Alan Griffin. He saved the game at both ends of the floor. It's time for Rain and Matt. Are you going to change because of one game? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just. Well, let me explain this to you. We've got three guards, and we're going to use all three. All right? Got it? You guys want to coach, go get a high school. Go, go get a team somewhere and coach. All right? It's the Sportsilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Q. Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. Fact is, if you're a Q's fan, you've read inside the Loud House and Neil Adler stuff before as part of the fan-sided network. I'm sure you might be aware of that. Loving all things Syracuse. And during the break, when we got him on the phone, before we brought him out of the airways, he brought up full capacity at the Dome coming out of a pandemic. And, of course, with all of the renovations, hey, there's air conditioning in there now, Neil. For the first uh, time. Uh, fantastic news. Uh, so what are your initial thoughts on that? We just think it's great. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely pumped about it. Not super surprised have, having seen, you know, for various other teams, whether it's the ATC or other conferences, you know, coming out with press releases, et cetera, saying full capacity for the fall football, then looking into basketball later in the year. Yeah, of course I'm stoked about it. it it's another sign that hopefully things are returning to normal after, you know, a, a long um, past year, you know, 18 months. I, I looked through the press release a little bit. I mean, it, it talks about, uh, the press release from SUF Life talks about uh, you know, testing if you're not vaccinated and if you are vaccinated, you don't have to do this or that. I guess it's not in the honor system, but, you know, in e- either way, uh, I think it's great for, for Syracuse sports, for the fan base. Hopefully the football team will win more than one game this year. And, um, you know, the Loud House will be rocking again this fall and winter. So you obviously are aware of the athletic report and Coach Q and the women's team, these allegations. They're now investigating it independently. And it's somebody that bleeds orange as much as we do. Listen, I've said my piece all week long. I'm not going to feed you a narrative or an opinion. I want yours. Clearly, it's disappointing to read that uh, after. And it's been a very successful run. Let's be perfectly honest. But then it was startling. Sure. It was startling when, you know, 11, 12 players leave the program. Uh, where are you mm-hmm. with everything? And then the, the, the biggest thing for me is the sexual assault uh, allegations uh, as far as Enoch, the assistant coach that was hired by Coach Q. That's one of the things that really stopped me dead in my tracks. But go ahead. What say you? Well, the first thing is I was definitely... Disappointed, shocked, surprised, saddened, disheartened when I saw the athletic report. I'm a big believer in due process, so certainly allegations come out. You want to let investigations play out and, and see, see where things you know, ultimately lie. The optics certainly aren't great. Um, you know, certainly with, with, the, with the new transfer um, 
policy by the NCAA teams in women's and men's basketball and, and uh, you know, other sports, they're, they're, they're seeing a lot of transfers in and out of the program. But I agree with you, you know, 11, 12 players, that's, that, that raises a little bit of a red flag to me. And, 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 and like you said, the allegations, especially anything related to sexual you know, assault, anything like that, that is just tremendously serious. You know, I know the. I believe the university has, you know, hired a law firm to investigate. We'll see what happens. But again, the optics don't look good, and if the allegations are correct, I'm certainly my heart goes out to the victims. But it would be a sad thing if these allegations are true from, you know, from the uh, the team side as well. Because I, I am a fan of Coach Q, and and he took the team to the national championship game in 2016, and the program has done well with recruiting lately. But you know, this is a serious matter. But we do need to see what the uh, you know the investigation ultimately says. And Neil, with uh, name, image, likeness rules being implemented for the NCAA, what are your thoughts on that? And how much bank is Buddy Buckets going to make going forward? <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. Like I said, I was, you know, to you guys earlier, I was, you know, I'm on the road today, so not not necessarily on my computer as much, but was certainly on Twitter earlier for for a while. And saw the Buddy Buckets thing with the, with the gear. Not surprising. I, I think that multiple guys, um, you know, on the basketball team and in. And, and many other sports uh, up on the hill are going to make money off um, name, image, and likeness. But uh, you know, Buddy more than anyone else. And I'm going to buy a sweatshirt. Absolutely. Um, it didn't surprise me one bit. Uh, I think NIL is, you know, certainly a very interesting topic. I think it's something that's long overdue. But there are challenges that come along with it. And you know, once July 1st hit, it just you know the floodgates started to open up, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know, with Syracuse um, teams as well as teams around the country, and how you know that affects recruiting moving forward, along with the transfer portal stuff. But um, I think Buddy's going to do very well. I think Jimmy Bayheim will do well, and other and other players on the team. But I, I'm just as interested, or maybe even more interested, to see how players, you know, on on other sports that maybe don't get quite as much attention, you know, how they're going to fare and what what kinds of things are they doing to to pull in some money from their name, image, and likeness. It's, it's going to be fascinating. We're talking to Neil Adler from inside the Loud House, of course, part of the fan-sided network, and nice enough to join us from the car uh, while traveling <laughs> on a July 4th weekend. It's ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show. So, Neil, obviously the transfer portal has never meant more than it does now. Uh, an unprecedented number of players are, are moving about, and it's not just in the Division One level it's in division two it's in division three and it's not just basketball it's football it's everywhere i mean it's thousands of athletes affected by this uh with Mm -hmm. the pandemic allowing these opportunities and so i wonder you take a look at the syracuse basketball team listen six players left the team right do i have the number is it six players left or was it five regardless the point being jim's had to reconstruct that roster we've seen samir torrens come in here for example hey jimmy Bayheim. there's three Bayheims this year as part of the team uh, based on the moves that they've made, how are you feeling as we look forward to watching some Syracuse basketball full capacity in the Carrier Dome this fall? I think you're right. It was six that left between the transfer portal as well as guys you know leaving for the pro ranks, and then I think four came in. So a net loss of two, which is why they have 11 guys on scholarship right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it remains to be seen um, what the, how the team's going to fare in the zone defense, but. Uh, I don't think I'm uh, overstating it when I say that I, Syracuse is not going to have a problem scoring the ball this coming year um, on offense. Light just lights out shooters. You know, Buddy Beheim obviously was just just crushed it at the end of the year. Um, you know, especially in the NCAA tournament. 
his brother Jimmy coming in. You've got Benny Williams, the five-star freshman, who I'm really high on. Um, Samir Torrance, a really nice, versatile guard, who, who Syracuse recruited out of high school, but he ended up going to Marquette. Mm-hmm. The same thing goes with another transfer, Cole Swider from Villanova. <clears throat> and I know Cole and Samir didn't get tons of minutes at Marquette in Villanova, but these are high-major programs, and they're veteran guys. So even though they're new to the program, they, they're not new to college basketball. And, and Bay, Coach Bayheim's even said that a couple times recently. Even though they've got a lot of new players and there was a makeover of the team in some respects, they're veteran guys. So I think that they're going to do well on offense. Remains to be seen in the zone. Um, maybe they've had more athletic teams in the past. But they could surprise some people. I could see them in top four to six in the league. And the ACC will be interesting this year. You know, Coach K's last year, they've, they've got a good recruiting class coming in, so they'll be they'll have turned it around after not making the tournament last year. And then you've got, you know, staples like Florida State and, and um, you know, Louisville and Virginia. And we'll see what USC does with Hubert Davis. But I think the ACC is up for grabs this year. Uh, Syracuse certainly could be an NCAA tournament team, but we'll be sweating out Selection Sunday. I mean, probably, but doesn't that make for fun conversations with Joe and Ivy anyway? So. Um, you know, but it'll be a fun team, I think, and I'm glad Frank Anselm playing back. Um, John Bolajac, they've got four centers, um, so plenty of depth, but just unproven there with Sadibe also being injured most of last year. But it'll be a fun team to watch, I can tell you that much. And you know what? They ended up in the Sweet 16, so I don't think it was an, un- an unsuccessful season based on the circumstances. And clearly, uh, you paid attention all year. Jim seemed to take more criticism more shrapnel than any year I can remember. Uh, everything, lot, yeah. everything from these nepotism comments with Buddy Beheim, which he called out, which is a load of crap. <sighs> I'm just going to say it. Yeah. But, but then the other part of that for me, Neil, and this is where I want to get your opinion on, uh, because I, sure. I also have a serious issue with everybody that talks about this narrative that Syracuse and Jim Beheim can't recruit, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to get every single player that you recruit. I don't know if you realize there's a lot of good schools that have a basketball program at the Division One level sure. in them. So please uh, tell me what you think. It's a narrative that, it, um, to be honest with you, drives me a little nuts. <laughs> um, do I think that recruiting maybe dipped a little bit here and there over sure. the last few years since they joined the ACC? Absolutely. But let's keep in mind, and this is something I'm not. This is not brains, you know, rocket science. What I'm saying here. They, they had NCA sanctions that limited recruiting um, scholarships and in and, and terms of other initiatives. And that they're, they're past that now, but that certainly affected things over the last few years. And going from a different, you know, one conference to another certainly changes things. And, uh, hey, listen, I think that Syracuse is on the up and up. Uh, let's see. So Benny Williams is, uh, according to one recruiting service, top 20 player, and he was our only recruit in 2021. SU has two players now with Justin Taylor and Kamari Lands in 2022. Yep. Kamari is a top 25 player, according to at least one recruiting service. And Justin Taylor is a top 50 to 50, 60 player, according to some of those. And, you know, these recruiting rankings go up and down and all over the place. So that's pretty good. The last three guys are all roughly top 60 players, two of them in the top 25, one five-star, one on the cup, cup of five-star, uh, five another high four-star. I mean, I'll take that for the last three. And then – you know, the other thing is we'll see what happens with the rest of 2022 and into 2023 and 2024. They're going after a ton of guys that are high four stars, five stars, you know, top 50, top 25 players. If they get some of them, that's one thing. If they don't, then, you know, we're just talking about the what ifs. But if they, if they can pull some of these other guys in that they're going after, 
I think recruiting is certainly on an upward trajectory. And and to say that Syracuse never gets good guys or Bayheim needs to get fired or their recruiting stinks, I mean, I think that stuff is overblown. I I really do. Uh, It's certainly taken a little bit of a dip in recent years, but I think it's definitely on the up and up now. And you know what? You made a good point, and we can expand on that really quickly. I'll just want to say this. Uh, there's a lot of kids out there playing basketball, and you don't know where they are or their games right now, and they're going to send up the rankings, put themselves on yep. the radar, and Syracuse will start looking at them too. So, listen, there's some time to recruit and take a look and keep building this program. Neil Adler on the road from inside the Loud House, part of the Fan Sided Network, and nice enough to finally uh, get up on the phones with us. I'm sorry it took me so long to invite you, and I'll make sure we do it again, Neil. Enjoy your fourth, and thanks again. This is the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio. I think he ducked out. He thought we were done and going to move on. I wanted to give him a quick chance to say goodbye, but that's all right. We'll do it off the air. Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. We're back in the chat and up next on the phones, uh, New York Yankees therapy session with Chris Stacy from NYY Sports Talk. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Turn it on and rip the knob off. You're listening to the radio. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. Here's Rain and Matt. It's true. I um, just wanted to respond to, what was his first name? Matthew. I, I don't know who Luis Guillorme is on the Mets. I didn't realize. I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan, first of all. I pay attention when Jacob deGrom is on the mound, uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. I'll, I'll flip it on for a few innings here or there in the background. I, I admit, I do watch some Mets, but I was not familiar with him. Hey, but you know what I did? Googled. So I got a little bit of background. He played 36 games. He's had 73 at-bats, 18 hits. He's hitting 247. He's got an on-base percentage of 389. Slugging percentage of 260. That's not good. 649 OPS. So there you go. And, and hey, you know what? I might learn a lot more about him when he plays the Yankees this weekend in the Subway Series. I did not know him. Yep, total. They call it a brain fart. How you doing? Don't know the roster of every single player on every team, <laughs> but I learned. And by the way, kind of last night there was NBA playoffs going on. <laughs> you know, I got called out on that. I got laughed at a little bit, and that's okay. Yeah, no, completely. I just spaced right out of my head when I saw that name. Uh, who else is on the Mets, though, that matters? Anybody? That's anybody. That's about it. Pete Alonso, maybe. Right. Otherwise, they're, they're in first place. They are. They're good. They're pretty good. Right. Similar in record to the Yankees. Are they that much better, Chris? Chris <laughs> Stacy is with us here to have a Yankees therapy or event session. Um, I'm not happy with the performance. Still cannot believe. I'm glad there was a rain out yesterday so we could get over whatever the hell happened to this Chapman. Um, do you feel confident that the Yankees can beat the Mets, Chris? Um. Can we start with an easier question? Can we start with maybe uh, like the Mets minor league team? Can we go? Can we start there and work our way up? Well, they're because right, I don't, right in our uh, backyard here in Central New York, and uh, they're terrible this year. Let's start there. You ask me that question, I say yes, and then uh, we'll just work our way up to the major league teams, which I don't feel confident that they can consistently beat anyone at this point. Oh boy, that's a hell of a statement. Um, so do you want to ask yourself the rest of the questions for the interview, Chris? <laughs> Listen, I, you guys know I actually just had, uh, I had eye surgery yeah. this past week. And uh, saying before we came on air, I, I said to my wife, I picked the best time to, to get it so I didn't have to physically watch what was on TV. The, the garbage that was put on TV this week 
I've never, and I'm someone I gotta, I gotta give my myself a little credit here. I'm someone who stays very, very level-headed and rational when it comes to the Yankees and a baseball season. We've said it in the past when I've been on. It, it is a long season, longer than it doesn't matter how many seasons of baseball you watch. You always have to remind yourself how long a baseball season is because of all the ups and downs. But I've seen enough at this point to confidently say that. I've never seen, and I've been I've been fortunate. I've never seen a Yankee team look so lost and and just have no light at the end of the tunnel as I see in this team right now. And and the most frustrating part is that is that there's just nothing's changing, and, and I don't see any change in sight either. Are they lacking the player in the locker room that can bring this team together? That straight up leader. They just don't have it right now. And for some reason, I don't feel like they're together. The, the give a damn is not there. That's kind of what we've been saying. There's no passion. There's no fire. Nobody's getting angry. Maybe they are behind closed doors, but you know what? You got to let a little bit of that trickle out to at least let the fan base know you're trying and you're invested as opposed to what it appears to be, which is meh, is their attitude. Yeah, you know, that's a really, really great question, and I'm glad you brought it up because in the little bit of of the games that I have been watching and instead of listening, um, I did notice something, and, and, I'll, and I'll preface with this. I don't like to talk about certain things like that. I don't like to speculate because you're exactly right. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. You know, a lot of people say Boone doesn't have fire, so on and so forth. You know, he, he apologizes for the team when he's in front of the media, but we don't know what he says behind closed doors. And that holds true to leadership and, and everything and the fire like that. But here's, here are the small things I do pick up on. Um, and, and here's one that really stood out to me. I love Aaron Judge. I really do. I think he's a, a phenomenal baseball player. But I've been a little more critical of him this past year, uh, even before the season started, just because, it, you know, you can only get away with so much. And I said he had to stay healthy, he had to have a great year. So I really kept a close eye on him uh, this season. And I noticed something the other day, and, and I've said this in the past to, you know, to the guys on the show. Um, he's got to show me some leadership. It, it starts with staying healthy and being on the field and being productive on the field. But I need to see that from him because that's who he is. Whether he asked for it or not, this is who the Yankees have made him out to be. He's the leader of this team, essentially. And I, and I forget who hit the home run, but I noticed Odor is the, the first guy out of the dugout. Mm-hmm. He's the first guy always high-fiving guys, coming back in after a big hit. And Aaron Judge is on the complete opposite side of the dugout. Now, I'm not sitting here saying Aaron Judge isn't a leader. What I'm saying is I'm paying attention to certain things like that, and that's just not a good look for me. And, and, and that leads me to maybe have a little, a little uh, you know, credibility when I do speculate and say they are, maybe they are missing that leadership role. And I expect it most out of guys like Aaron Judge, and to be honest, whether he's good or not this year, Brett Gardner. I need to see some fire out of Brett Gardner. And I'm glad you brought all of that up because – Yesterday, Hal Steinbrenner came out and endorsed Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. So it just seems like this Yankee team is going to be the same old, same old. Now, however, he did say he'd be willing to go into the luxury tax for the right players. But where was that comment 
all season long. Where was that comment in the off season? Yeah, I, I mean, it's such a difficult it's such a difficult situation. You know, there's so much media presence now that you know whether it's live a live press conference, whether it's through Zoom calls now, uh, you know, social media live, you know, gigs where they're answering questions. So a lot of a lot of attention from fans goes on to post games and and what the coaches say and and you know upper management says. I try to not put too much into that because I don't expect Cal to go out there and say, yeah, you know, you know, Boone's definitely not the guy for the job and Cashman failed and stuff like that. But I guess as as someone listening on and and at least as a fan, um, you don't. I'm not saying to bash them or to turn your back on them, but I also don't want to hear you lift them up. I don't want I don't want to sit there and listen to the owner of the New York Yankees right now tell me that he believes that these are the guys for the job. I want to hear some some people being held accountable. I want to hear the owner of the New York Yankees talk about how disgusted he is with the poor performance and that yes, he has confidence in in the guys that are in place right now, but if they don't turn things around, he's going to have to reevaluate, you know, his judgment. He's going to have That's what I need to hear. Yeah, he's got to say that you know what, I'm not telling you I'm going to fire him, but the seat's warm right now. It's definitely yeah. it's heated up a little bit and I agree with you. I think I said something similar to that yesterday. Uh it's funny you brought up leadership and the comparisons Aaron Judge is basically the leader of the team right now and of course it was Jeter for a long time. You know something you always saw with Derek he was the first one onto the field. I all, I, I have vivid memories of him hopping over the, the ledge of the dugout and jumping onto the field and celebrating and congratulating and pumping up his teammates. And you're not seeing that as the same with Aaron Judge. But he that, was also like not vocal as well. So he would give a guy a look and all of a sudden things would go back to normal because, hey, it's Derek Jeter. You know when that look is given to you. The demeanor is very similar and the comparisons have been there. Uh, but last thing I want to ask you about is what about this Tim LaCastro trade? Uh, we're hyped about it in Central New York because he's an Auburn slash Syracuse CNY guy. He's a speed guy. Is it a reaction to the tough loss the other day? The press conference with Steinbrenner, they had to appease the fan base by at least we made a move. They can at least say that similar to what they did with Talkman for the, in my opinion, useless Wandy Peralta. I'd, I'd rather they just didn't make a move at all because when they make moves like that, it's just kind of a – it just feels like uh, – kind of like you're saying, they're kind of just trying to get by and take the heat off them a little bit. And, and look, I'm not saying to go out there and, you know, there's some blockbuster trade you're going to make. But at the same time, I mean, you got to – here's uh, – look, let me just – let me digress a little bit and, and just say this. I don't think there's even a move at this point that's going to make me happy. I, I really don't because – Here's the problem with the New York Yankees, right? There's there's three different levels. There's teams being completely out of it, right? Completely lost or rebuilding, and and not one piece is going to make them a World Series team, right? There's teams like that. Then you have teams that are fully built, ready to go. They're favorites to win it all, and then you have teams in the middle that, which the Yankees were over the last couple of years, maybe, where you know they're missing that one piece to get them over the edge. The Yankees are supposed to be that team at the end where, where they're one of the favorites to win it and they're built. They're not even in the middle anymore. They, they're, they're not even at the point where I can say, hey, if they go crazy and get Max Scherzer at the trade deadline, they're definitely winning the World Series. I don't even know if they'll be in the running for the postseason at that point. 
It's funny. So, Ke- so for go ahead. For me, it's beyond. It's just beyond a player deal at this point. I need to see big changes, and I'm not just. I'm not talking about firing the manager, firing Brian Cashman. I'm talking about a, a, a philosophy change within the organization to start playing more small ball, to stop benching guys like Aaron Judge and Gio Urshela when you're playing the Angels after finally winning a big game, and you need to keep going out there and winning. I'm talking about those things. That's what needs to change before I'm happy about any move that's made. Yeah, you got to reconstruct your baseball philosophy and the roster. Kevin from Liverpool in our Twitch chat says, hey, it was a dumb move to add another right-hander. I agree. They need lefty bats, uh, and they do have to play more small, more small ball. In other words, uh, everybody's with the... Everybody's playing the three-outcome game. Strike, home run, walk. Uh, with the sticky stuff being out, maybe we're going to see a little bit more of that, but you're absolutely 100% right. Listen, we'll complete the Yankees' conversation with the Yankees on deck. It'll return to the ESPN Radio Airwaves at 6 o'clock tonight. We thank Chris Stacy right now. <coughs> Excuse me. First of all, um, feel better, man, uh, calling us and talking to us, even with the, the eyes healing, and have a great July 4th. This is ESPN Radio. We're coming right back to talk NBA with Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports. Hi, I'm very proud to announce it's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Jack Perrin from Last Word on, Last Word on Sports out of Chicago, he goes back to when we did Sportzilla just once a weekend, uh, which has been going on for over seven years now. It's obviously a couple years now, been full time on ESPN radio affiliates in central New York. One of our OG guests. Yeah, he's an OG guest and he's our NBA guy, our basketball guru. And it's funny. I literally sit up and it's late at night and I'm watching these games and, you know, it's either me, Matt and Jack in a group text. Sometimes I'm just texting with Jack or sometimes I'm just texting with Matt. But it's like, you know, when you've got misses asleep and the kids are milling about the house and you're the only one that cares about the basketball. It's nice to know. I can go, wait a minute. It's an hour earlier in Chicago. I can just talk to Jack about what he's seeing right now. So I feel like we watch the games together and then it's nice. I can, we can bring you on and talk about these, Matt. Uh, we were texting last night, all three of us about potential topics for today. And we're going to name this segment around the NBA in 60 seconds because, geez, we have a lot of topics to talk about. When you say, you know, what are we going to talk about besides the NBA Finals, the Eastern Western Conference Finals? Well, there's a lot of other things happening in the NBA. Injuries, coaches, trade market potential. So, Jack, where do you want to start? Because I, as far as I'm concerned, it was Knicks all all Knicks all the time. That's what we're going to talk about. Blue guy rolls his eyes and you're like, yeah, a little bit of Knicks, but maybe something else. <laughs> Well, I, I think that what I would like to focus on is let's just cross our fingers for health for the rest of these playoffs yeah. because it's just been taken away from so much. I mean, watching that, it was an incredible game with the Bucks and, and um, the Hawks without their, their star players, but that's not what we want to see. You know, I, I hope that um, whichever team ends up pulls it out, whether Bucks or Hawks, that they can play the finals fully healthy. And I hope the Suns can stay healthy too. They've had their issues. I mean, Chris Paul has not just had a, a, a stinger that he had on his shoulder, but then he got COVID. And it's just one thing after another to the star players on these teams. And I, I want to see a full series. I mean, I guess at least in the case of the Bucks and the Hawks, they were both without their star player, but I don't want to see that either, even though uh, the Bucks played magnificently the other night. 
Jack, I want to play you a piece of audio from VC from Vince Carter, eight-time All-Star. Of course, he played his 20 years. He was a member of the Bucks. Uh, hold on a minute. I uh, For some reason, we unmuted our Twitch feed that's in here. I think that stopped it now, and I could play the Vince Carter audio. Uh, but Vince, man, I mean, we know what he's done. I mean, he may have had a little bit vested in, in the Hawks because that was the team he retired from. Uh, but needless to say, what do the Bucks do to respond in Game Six? This is what Vince said. How will the Milwaukee Bucks respond to the way the Atlanta Hawks hit them in the mouth without Trey Young from start to finish? And they responded. Drew Holiday, first play of the game, straight to the post, elbow jump hook. Chris Middleton follows, and then Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, fifty-five points, fifteen rebounds, well, four blocks, mostly from Brooke Lopez. Took over the paint, dominated. They they scored 30 more points in the paint than the Atlanta Hawks. That said it all right there. What do you think? How do you respond to that analysis from Vince Carter? I, I, I think it's right on. I mean, I think that that's exactly – I'm sort of assuming that Giannis is out for this series at yeah. least. Um, or or if he's not, they might want to consider just keeping off the series because I think they have enough to beat the Hawks. Um, not that the Hawks aren't an exciting, talented young team. But I think what we sometimes forget is what a great team player Brooke Lopez is. And he's become the, you know, the – the three-point threat from the, you know, the, the the stretch five, if you want to call it that. But he reverted to his, a lot of people forget, I believe he still might be the leading scorer for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, when he came into the league, he was a low post player, and he, he was a very efficient scorer. And then as he's got a little bit older, he's learned to play. He he's obviously knows how to play with other stars, and he's quite willing to take a, um, a backseat role, so to speak, but a very solid role. And, you know, he came forward when his team needed it, you know, with Giannis out and he scored. I mean, so, you know, obviously so did Bobby Portis, but Brooke Lopez scores 33 points. And I expect that exact same game plan because I'm not sure what the Hawks can do to counter it if they're hitting those shots down in the low post in the paint. Do you feel like no matter who advances to the NBA finals, it's going to be the Sun series to win? Because I feel like both teams are too damaged to move on and face the Suns team, who's pretty healthy right now and rolling in all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, I do think that, you know, what's going to happen with these two players? I mean, um, you know, Giannis, although typically you would think, okay, a big man doesn't have structural damages, he could maybe come back faster than a smaller, quick player like Trey Young. The problem is Giannis is more like a very large Trey Young. So the, his game is very similar. So, I, you know, it really depends on the health of either one of those players, whichever team were to advance. It does look like right now the Suns are, you know, more healthy. And, you know, I do think that there's a lot of Chris Paul sentiment. Certainly the storyline, I think, is going to be with the Suns, um, you know, if it's against the Hawks, the exciting young team, maybe it's not their year. Uh, the Bucks. I mean, I think I think personally the Bucks Suns series, especially with Giannis back, would be to me the most exciting because I think they're they're both um, very well matched teams, and that would that would be an exciting series. Glad you brought up CP3 as we're talking to Jack Perrin with Last Word on Sports here on the Sports Hill Show with ESPN Radio. I want to bring back in Vince Carter. This is what he said about this finals appearance and what it does for the legacy of Chris Paul of CP3. I'll let you respond. On the other side, Jack. I think it's unbelievable what they've done. I mean, I, I look back at the bubble, eight knowing the bubble, and we did not know, okay, where do they go from here? What's going to happen the next season? You get Chris Paul, like, oh, man. And what he's done for 
Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton has been unbelievable. They've elevated their game. And these guys are not playing like it's their first time in the NBA playoffs in, in general. And now look at them. They're in the final. So, I mean, regardless of the legacy, you, you hear people talk about legacy and his legacy is on the line. What Chris Paul has done for teams every stop says it all and is enough. This is just adding to his legacy, going to the finals, and, of course, if they win. And don't forget, he's come full circle with Monty Williams, and I think uh, America's learning what a great coach he has there as well. And it's been great to see the CP3, Monty Williams, their bond off of the court as well. That's another great storyline, Jack. Yeah, and I, and I would also give credit to the rest of the Phoenix Suns that have bought into Chris Paul's leadership. Um, I, I think um, the only part that I would differ there is I felt like at a stop in the Rockets, I don't think they bought in entirely to what Chris Paul does. You know, he's he's that floor general who, you know, he penetrates, you know, can see players, you know, 360 degrees around his head. Um, and just he makes – he makes the strengths of players such as Devin Booker just so much more powerful um, the way he plays. And I think that that one-two punch is really what makes them very power, very good on the guard play. And then on top of it, you've got a center who's, I believe, setting all sorts of records for shooting percentage. I think he's shooting like 71% or something insane in the playoffs. Jack, looking forward to the coaching hires around the NBA the New Orleans Pelicans have yet to hire a coach, and I'm pretty surprised about that, especially considering a lot of people see Zion as the next LeBron James or the next big superstar. Yeah, and, and that was something we were uh, texting with a little bit last night. I, I, I view the Pelicans hire as similar to what uh, the Dallas Mavericks just did. Um, you know, now Stan Van Gunny's gone on the record of saying he doesn't believe he was fired because of Zion or his family members' um, frustration with him. Keep in mind, Stan Van Gundy's a very sort of more old old school coach, and he really was pressing on defense and things. And so you could see the young players maybe bristling with that, just like uh, Rick Carlisle and and Luka Doncic um, just didn't seem to mesh well. You know, I think what some of these younger players are looking for are more younger coaches, which to some extent, not to not to denigrate what the great career of Stan Van Gundy, but I think a lot of today's modern players are looking to see a little bit more former players, uh, younger coaches getting their chance. Um, you know, it might result in things being easier, I guess, for them. But I, I think... Um, you know, I think what Zion's looking for is someone probably closer to his age and probably, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure that Stan Van Gundy is correct when he said Zion didn't have anything to do with him being let go after just one season. So, um, you know, they, and maybe the struggle has been that they're trying to get someone, um, you know, like a Charles Lee or something like that. And they're trying to make sure that Zion's on board um, with that selection before they make it. I don't know if you have seen this, Jack, but I'm just going to leave you with this thought. This is your homework for July 4th weekend. Google <laughs> Shaquille O'Neilovich. That's all I have to say. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. And if not, we'll feed you a link in just a second. Sportzilla Show. Quick pause on ESPN Radio, and we'll come back with the last thing we'll say today. The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Hello. 
Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Get a funny response in our Twitch chat at QSports Talk. Uh, CBW's like, yeah, better food in the suite versus behind the bench. That's fair. That's fair. I, I was making a comment about where the heck is Kawhi Leonard? Where was he? Yeah, he's up there. You know what? And then you did. You, you saw Giannis near the bench cheering on his team. Very interesting with Kawhi Leonard, sometimes the demeanor and the body language. But anyways, I'll be paying attention to see who ends up in the NBA Finals against the Suns this weekend. Joey Chestnut gorging hot dogs. I don't know if you're doing that on Sunday. Uh, But here's the thing. Whether you're with us in the chat at Q Sports Talk, uh, viewing that way on Twitch.tv, or whether you've been listening to us all across central New York, on the ESPN Radio Airwaves, uh, we thank you very much. That's on behalf of Orange Nation and Brent Axe. There is no on the block today, by the way. Uh, so thanks. Have a safe fourth. Listen, it's very important that everybody returns after the holiday and they are not imitating. Um, y- you know who I'm talking about, right, Mr. Two and a Half? No. JPP? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no JPPs out there, right? Keep all 10 fingers. I want to see you back with all 10 fingers. Uh, That's really the plan. Otherwise, be safe. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the fireworks, however you celebrate the 245th birthday of America. Sportzilla off next week. Um, You have Orange Nation and Axe, so enjoy. Enjoy, and we're back at 6 o'clock tonight with Yankees on deck. We're good to go. We can take the break. Uh, No local shows Monday because company day off. Yeah, nobody will be here on Monday. That's absolutely true, but we will be back, yes, at 6 o'clock to discuss the Yankees, and I'm dreading it. This is ESPN Radio. Talk soon.